You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Understandable. What about other relatives that are close to your parents? For example, a stepmother. So let's take a look. The Brisa says, it's a Brisa in the end of Ksuvus, that as Rabbi Yudan Nossi was dying, he said, call my children in. I need my children. Nechnas Bonavet, so his kids came. So he had uh, Rabbi Shimon and Gamliel. Those were his two sons. So he said, I want you to have covered for your mother. Where I, in other words, the place where I used to sit, there should be a light there. The table should be set there. And her bed should be made. Then he said, Yosef Chaifoni, Shimon Efrati, they're the ones who should do the tahara for me. They're the ones who should maybe take the body out. That was what Rebbe said. And we have a record of what he said. But we wonder, why did he have to tell them that? The Gemara asks, it's Daraisa, it's their mother. So the Gemara says, really, this was not their mother. This was a stepmother. So the Gemara says, you also have to respect. You also have to respect your stepmother. Why? Because we learned it out from the extra et is avicha, in other words, someone who you're only honoring because of your father, because your father chose her as a wife. And esimecha is marbe, your stepfather. And then the brisa goes further. And that explains why, um, we'll see what we're going to in a minute, and then the Brysa goes further and says, what about V'es Imecha? Why does that have to say V'es? V'es Imecha l'rabbis ha'sachicha ha'godol. So stepfather, stepmother, and older brother. So now the question was, why did Rebbe have to tell his two sons, who were Tanoim Tzadikim in their own right, to be careful? Because Menikar Adin from the Torah, they would only have to honor their stepmother when Mechayim, as long as Rebbe was alive. In other words, since it's an extension of Kibbutz, so when, as long as this is the woman your your father chose to be a wife, you have to treat her like the maternal woman in the family with the respect of a mother, because that's all part of the respect you owe your father. But once your father's dead, Menatora, you don't have to respect your stepmother. So Rebbe wanted more from his children. Okay? So that is the way the Gemara says in Sumas. How was it in Shulchan Aruch? Shulchan Aruch, it says, only as long as your father's alive. And the same thing is with your stepfather. But as we see from Rebbe, it is a Dover Hogon. It's a good thing. To honor them even afterwards. Now, and that makes sense. Now, because in a way, you know, if you would just insult her afterwards, uh, that's obviously not good form. Um, 
Now, while your step, your father is alive and you're living with your stepmother, is it exactly the same? That's the question. In other words, the Gemara definitely says, the Brisa, quoted by the Gemara, but do you really have to honor her like a real mother? Once again, Rav Nisan Kareditz in his yeshiva went into these topics. Because these are questions you have to ask. Okay, I know I have to respect her. I know, for example, in many families where they don't call the stepmother mom, especially if the father marries at an older age. If she's really the one who raised the kids, like let's say there was a divorce, a death, and now, you know, it's like the Brady's, like the Brady bunch. Okay, so now I understand that, you know, they, they, even the boys called Miss, uh, Mrs. Brady mom. But it's not their mother. They, uh, they're going to be disrespectful to own their own mother. Right. But the mother has died, Moshe, like, let's say. You're seeing the mother in the Oilma Emes is saying, how dare they call this new woman my mother, a mother, right? You think it's a disrespect. Again, but on the other hand, she's raising them, right? Uh, Karen Brady was raising uh, whatever his name was, Chip, whatever the, the boy's name was, right? There's, she was raising him. So it would make sense to honor her. And You, and, and, you and, would call your in-laws mom and dad. They didn't raise you. It's a respect thing. Right, call. right. And therefore, That's only in America. I, I hear. I hear. Let's say, but, but let's okay, let's take calling them mom off the table. Let's talk about listening to them, helping them, uh, honor, honoring them. All, let's take the actual appellation off the table, since I see it's uh, I, we have a little bit of an issue on it. In general, how do you deal with the stepmom? So obviously, the stepmom, when she's raising the children, it makes sense that it should be an equal cupboard to what, even if it had been the real mom. I, I was under the impression that as long, while they're married, you have an obligation to honor. Okay. So married, that's a, okay. Okay. We haven't talked about divorce, but you're right. We've talked no, about death. death. Even you still, I'm not saying you should be disrespectful to anyone, but it's the, this keep it all the aim. Perhaps mm-hmm. Rebbe was saying, I now I'm giving you a sea void that now it's keep it of to do keep it aim with your stepmother after his patira. No, no, no question. The Gemara definitely says that it's what, and I, I'll agree with you for now that a divorce is the same as death. Divorce is no, a divorce is no better than death. If after death there's no mitzvah minatora, it's just a dover hogar. Right. For sure, for sure, after a divorce, in other words, after a divorce where the husband has rejected this woman, for sure. But my, the question here is, while there is no divorce, while they are alive and happy, like, 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 like the Bradys, do, do they have to be machabed, the mother, in the same way? So, like the father or like their original biological mother. So Rav Nisan Karelit says, Geder HaKibbet Be'eshes Oviv, the step, of the, the stepmother and the stepfather is like the mitzvah of kibbutz by your parents. Because S says it's got to be like them. And S means in the mitzvah it's got to be the same. S of Icha And therefore, the Rambam says, when he describes this, he says, Ashes Oviv, when he talks about the uh, uh, the 
The Rambam says the stepmother is bechalal, the covet of the father. And therefore you can't just say, be nice to them or stand up and treat them a little bit better. And therefore, if they want food and your father's not here, but your stepmother, you've got to take care of your stepmother as well. Just like you had taken care of your biological parent. Now, here's a good question. Um, we're talking about a divorce. Let's say stepmom and biological mom. So there, of course, you know, uh, that I'm sure you all would agree with the Minchas Chinuch who says in that case, that if, you're, if, if your, your father divorced your mother, or let's say in a time of Chazal, where people had more than one uh, wife, okay? You know, we're talking about the nuclear family the way we understand it. In the time of the Mishnah, before the Chaymer Beinu Gershom, there were probably many families that just like the Mormons, that the, the man had a number of wives and a number of children, and they were all living together. And the question was how you would honor one. So imagine the time of Chazal, or maybe even today's time, the, 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 there's been a divorce, and the biological mother comes over, and the stepmother... Where are you going so far? We, uh, my grandfather had the two wives. <laughs> right? He wasn't, your grandfather was not Nizar in Chaim Rabbeinu Gershom? No. In Iran, they didn't have Chaim Rabbeinu Gershom, right? Moshe? I guess they didn't Correct. have it. Correct. They didn't have it. Didn't have it. Okay. Anyway, probably in Yemen also. <laughs> anyway, so the, 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 the question is, so you have the two mothers there. You have the two women there. And the biological child of one is asked by the other mother, the other second wife, bring me stuff. The biological mother says, no, bring me. Who comes first? So, of course, you have to give to your biological mother. Now, what's interesting is, is that do you, do you have the same idea of disrespect? We talked of, 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 of chutzpah. We know honoring, but disrespect would be contradicting, sitting in their place. What about that? So here we have a psak from Rabbi Tzal Stern. Who has an, who, was, who lived in Australia and other places in Europe? Um, he quotes the the Sefer Ikare Dinim. Um, well, uh, <laughs> in a question about the older brother, and he wants to say that the older brother only has a din of kavod, not a din of mora. So in other words, even though and, and you need to be machabed, your older brother, since it comes from the, the Pasuk of V'es Imecha, it's only din in kavod, not a din in, 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 in contradicting and, and being machria. So therefore, you, there's no issue that you can't sit in your older brother's place or anything like that. So based on this Yisod, from Rabbi Tzal Stern, and he quotes others, one could say the same thing for a stepmother. And that is what the authors of Tzurba are saying, that you do not have a chayev to actually fear them and have the sense of mora. Okay, I'm going to disagree. I know I've been teaching them from Tzurba, and I'm very happy that they present everything so such an organized way. 
I disagree. I think there's a difference between the older brother and the stepmother and stepfather. <laughs> can you imagine what it is? If this halacha is right, could you imagine how strange it would be? You have to honor your mother, your stepmother, in terms of helping her with food, helping her get dressed, helping her walk. But you could tell her that she's wrong. And you could sit in her place. and if Or, or your stepfather. I think it would be, even though it's true it comes from the word S, but I think the S fuses them to the parent. And therefore, I think it's different than the step, than the older brother. I go back to Ravnison Karelitz. Look what he says. Kimo avicha. It would be strange to say they're part of the Din Kovod, but not part of the Din of Yira. I'm going to prove it a second way as well. If you say that when you're honoring the stepmother, you're honoring your father, well, how do you think your father is going to feel if you contradict your stepmother? How do you think your father is going to feel if you're going to say, no, you're wrong? It clearly will, it's, the father will be hurt by that. So I am going to disagree with this, Psak, that, that when it comes to a step-parent, it's only Kavod and Amora. I will agree, and of course I have Nagia since I'm a youngest son, in terms of an older brother. And I, I actually try very to be careful about this exactly this way. I, I am, I do try to be careful about, about my brother's physical, my older brother's uh, physical situation and other things, but I do not have this idea of Mora by him, of, uh, especially uh, after my father has passed away. And that's going to be one of the questions as we're going to see here in honoring the older brother. Um, and let's take a look. The Ramos says you have to honor your older brother, even if he's a step a half brother, even if you're a bigger Tamachokham than him. And you still have a sense of honor. In the same way you have to honor your parent. Now, the question though is, is it only while your father is alive? And that has to do with what is this idea of vav is Marva, the older brother? Is it a din of, of, of respecting the older brother in the family? Or is it a special new halacha? The Rambam in the Shulchan Aruch only mention the idea of after Misa by Eishas Av. They don't say anything. They do say you have to honor your older brother, but they don't say anything that it's only while the father is alive. But the Ramban in Sefer Mitzvos says clearly, Honoring your older brothers only while your parents is alive. Why? Because this is my Bechor, this is my oldest one. He comes before you. In other words, it's a patch to your father that you're not honoring your older brother. And therefore, you see, Mina Anoshim, the Rabban says, They always say, listen to your older brother. And therefore, the Vav cannot be more than the word itself. In other words, Well, you don't have to really honor your mother after she dies, not in the same way. So you don't have to honor your brother after your mother dies. 
That's what the Rambam says. Now, and I think one can be so mech on that Ramban, although the Shulchan Aruch seems you have to honor them even after they die, and it's Kedai to be Machmir, because we're talking about a Din Daraisa. So Machlokas Rishonim, seemingly, and you have a Suffolk Daraisa Lechumra to be Machmir. Now it could be, once again, that's only about Kavod and not Yira. Now the question is, is it the oldest brother, or is it anybody older than you, and does it include sisters? So let's take a look. We start with Agon Chida. So the Chida says clearly, you have to honor all your older brothers and sisters, male and female. And he holds not like the Ramban, and maybe you have to be Machmer, that even after your parents die. Because that, he says, is the Poshet Pshat. And that is what even the Arizal says. Wow your older brother and your older sister. Rafoma Eger, Rakiv Eger's son, said, no, it doesn't mean anyone older than you. It means the oldest. Even if he's a lot older than you. The second one. Even though you're the baby, no. Now, Let's go again to Rav Nissen Karelitz. He seems to be the ultimate man over here. Let's see what the Rav Nissen Karelitz says. The simple pshat is not like the chido, he says. Even though uh, the chido says that's the posher pshat. Remember the chido says that's the stomach of the poskin? Rav Nissen Karelitz says no. It says achicha agodo. It means like Rav Shlomeger the oldest brother. And it definitely does not mean the older sister. It says, ach, not achot. So therefore, but they are older than you. Derech Eretz tells you to honor them. And I know what the Chida writes, and the Chida brings a Rishon, it brings Sefer Ayira, but it's not, it's only Derech Eretz. It's not al Adin. So this is a Machlokas. Uh, a machlokas achronim. What about the older sister, or older siblings who are not the bechor? Um, now I, I should point out, if a child died, if there was a baby that died in childbirth right after the, the but it was a nephil, I, I I I assume that it doesn't apply. In other words, it means according to Rafloma Eger and Ramnison Karelitz, the oldest boy, even though technically he might not be the Bukhar. Let's say there was a baby that died or something like that. Um, let's, but I don't know what he would say if, let's say, um, there was a family and the oldest boy died when he was five or four or five, Leolena. And then the next one like took over the reins, like I'm the oldest now. Do you have to honor him? In other words, if if if, if it's hard for me to know exactly. Um, I would say, and I'd open the question up to you, I think if such a scenario existed, that the, in other words, everybody else grew up and there was an, a, a, a baby who had died, who technically was older than the ones that stayed alive, I, I think everybody would admit the oldest one who was alive 
gets that din. Now, the problem with my approach is let's say we're not talking about a boy who dies when he's a little a child. Let's say we now fast forward 75, 80 years, and now the oldest brother dies. So now that the oldest brother dies, does that mean now the next one in line gets the din of kavod? So I know it's easier to just say it's the bakor. Um, in my and if there was, no, but according to you, if there's no bakor because there was, like you say, a uh, miscarriage or something, there's no bakor. No, right. I'm these and all this brother, but there's not a bakor. So the question is, it, what is the reason for it? Is it because it's considered a spiritual reason, or is it the practical reason? He's like the financial head of the household. <laughs> he handles things. Like, what was the setup in the social setup of the older brother? He okay. became so. Uh, so it really, a lot. Again, if you say again, I don't want to get too technical. If you say like the Ramban that it's only when your father is alive, then I suppose it's because the father, um, uh, you know, empowered that one to sort of be the leader, so to the speak. The right-hand man? Right. And in that way, you're honoring him in a way it's respect to your father. If you don't say like the Ramban, if you say like the Shulchan Aruch, or like they want to be medayik from the Rambam, that even after your father dies, you have to honor him. So then it's a little bit harder to, 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 uh, to explain it. But I think the way I would explain it is, is that it's still the one who, in a way, because of his age, probably took over leadership and was a, a leader even post the father's death and definitely while the father was alive as well. So in our scenario, it would have been who was during the time that the children were developing the most, which one of the siblings was the oldest. So if there was Nebuch, a child who died when he was two years old, and, and, and all the other siblings have now become older, I, I would say they would need to honor the one that was the oldest one that was remained alive. However, if post their development, like for example, I'm going to say, and I'm making this up, but I, this is what I would say. Let's say after 20, one of the, 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 the oldest boy dies, you don't necessarily now have to honor the one who's left. In other words, if during the developmental uh, stage of the family, there was one child that was the oldest, that would be the one that would be deserving of covenant, maybe even post the death of the parents. All right, so I'm sort of like mixing here, but, but I, think I've, I think I've explained it. If there's a child who dies in their youth, that doesn't count. There was a miscarriage, obviously it doesn't count. A nafil doesn't count. But on the other hand, if you have a bunch of old fogies, one is 83, one is 87, one is 91, and then 91 dies, so 87 says, okay, now I'm the oldest one, everybody has to be machab in me. I don't know. <laughs> what? He's been waiting for a long time. <laughs> He's been waiting, right? I would say he has no right. He has no right. <laughs> anyway, let's do one more point here. Um, 
The Derech Eretz, of course, is someone's older than you. What are you talking for? <laughs> In other words, the older sister, that was the idea. It's a Derech Eretz. Let's take a look. We always love Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef. And this year, let's see what he says. He says, um, you got to honor your older brother. But how much? We already talked before from Rabbi Tzal Shter, and you don't have to fear him. Um, but Rav Yitzhak Yosef says you can't embarrass him, you can't insult him, or let's say to try to stop him to get to the Torah. I never heard about doing something like that, um, like to try to get in his way before he gets an aliyah. However, he says as well, excuse me, it's not like a step a father or stepmother, but you do have to stand up for him if he comes within your Arba Amos. You hear this? Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef says when you're, first of all, let's determine who the, the guy is. Let's say he's the oldest one. All right? Let's just make it simple. Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef says, you need to stand up when he gets through your Dawad Amos. Um, many people are not makbid. Especially if if they're not if, if if they are just a bunch of kids, and therefore they assume that the the brother was mochel. Because people will think it's strange. Now I was thinking about this yesterday when we were talking about, and Moshe brought it up. Sheila, you brought it up. I mentioned many cases of it. You can be mochel your kavod. So maybe in terms of going shopping for your kids and stuff like that, it's so it's done so much today. So yesterday I wanted to say it's not called kavod. Today I'll say something similar. We know it's mechila. Most people are mochel this, especially it's going to look strange. So therefore, perhaps it could be okay. Now, um, he did not speak about, we have not yet talked about a case, like it would have been, let's say, in my family, where I have an oldest sister and then I have an older brother. My sister was 17 years older than me, and my brother was is, my oldest brother's 11 years older than me. So over there again, it could be we have to wonder. Does the sis, in other words, <laughs> who gets the covered there in that case? Uh, he didn't talk about that. But here, let's say if it's if it's going to look strange today, uh, Rabbi Yosef says you don't have to do it. Also, he says like Mitzvah Shteren and others, there's no chi of mora. Therefore, you could you don't have to say kvod achi. You can call him by his name, and also you can disagree with him. But if if your older brothers have been taira, should call him Rebbe. Um, and obviously, uh, when he gets an aliyah, they, you should stand up special, even more, even though the rest of the community is not. Here's something that Sheila brought up a father-in-law and a mother-in-law. We know that David called Shol Ovi, and Shol was his father-in-law. David was married to Michal. And as you can see, and they were having a pretty big fight over here, as you know, and Shol wanted to kill him. David said, why are you listening to the people who say that I want to kill you? Don't you see? I could have killed you today. And I had Rachmanus because I know you're Mashiach Hashem. 
You've been given the anointed oil. You're a king. I want to show you the proof. I, I cut this piece of material. I didn't kill you. Know that I don't hate you. Right? And you are trying to kill me for no reason. And this is where the halacha brings that you have to honor your father-in-law. And even David said that, and they were not in such great relationships. Definitely you have to honor your father-in-law. Now, the Taz writes, his father-in-law, the Taz's own father-in-law, who was the Bach, says, you have to honor your mother-in-law. But the Bach wrote, it's not the same honor like we talk about a step-parent. Meaning that what? Even if they're not really zikenim, you have to stand up for them and show them kavod. That is what the Torah writes. But the Bach quotes a medrash. The medrash about David, about Shaul said, David said to Shaul, Avi re'ei gam re'ei. The medrash says, Ki kavod aviv. So the Bach says, no, the postkim don't write that. The postkim don't say the Feirush that way. Nobody brings that. Umar says, you know why? Because there's another opinion the Medrash says, Avira A. Let me read that correctly. Avira A. Gamra A. Now, what did he mean, Ra'e Gamra A? Gamra A. He was, only, he was talking to Avner. But the Rabbanans say, Avira'e was to Avner. In other words, he was really hinting to Avner. Even though he said Avi, and then when he said Gamra'e, he was talking to Shol. So you see the Rabbanans say the word Avi, Shol might have misinterpreted it. But we know what Davar HaMelech meant when he said he was talking about Avner, who Avner was a Talmud Chacham. And that's what he's calling Avi. So therefore, since it's the Chachamim, we don't paskin like that, and that's why it's not brought in the poskim that you have to honor your father-in-law in the same way. However, um, the, uh, you definitely have to be machabed them like any other Chacham b'mitzas. For example, the shach uh, we're going to see here from uh, Yalkut Yosef. Many of you have this issue, I'm sure. Uh, I know you don't. Let's see who's listening here. I know you don't, Moshe. Uh, I'm not sure, Sheila. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that your daughter-in-law doesn't have this issue. Um, but I do have this issue. Uh, I don't, It's not an issue because I'm not so worried about it. But what do your what do the kids call you? So um Yitzchak Yosef says it's wrong to call your father-in-law and, and mother-in-law with their first names. You wouldn't do that if they were just an older person. So he says you could say red. So in other words, so let's say my <laughs> my son-in-law Elik. Who now he called now he uh, 
he either didn't call me anything or he called me rabbi. I wanted him to call me, I thought maybe he'll call me rabbi dad. So now he calls me Saba since uh, Kalev was born, since Caleb was born. So yeah, that, that was the easiest way. Once I'm now Safta, you know. Right. Once even my son, my son calls me Safta instead of Mom now. <laughs> right. Once you have the grandchild, it, it, it equal everything it works out. But Yitzchak Yosef says the the first thing he suggests is to say Reb, Rebbe. So my son-in-law should say Rebbe Avram. <laughs> If a frat would call me Rebbe Avram, I don't know. I would find that very strange. But uh, but he says... Well, Rav, Mashiach will come before she calls you Rebbe. Which is which is what I did for my father-in-law. And I mentioned who he was last night. I called my father-in-law dad and my mother-in-law mom right away. I had no problem with that. As you see, David, he says it's not usher, it's not usher to do. It's not considered a pigia to your parents. Now, if you want to call them abamori, that's a problem. Why? Because that you use for your your real parent, your real biological parent. And if you say abamori, that would be different. So. Um, do do um adoptive parents have any is there anything right. of so other I would say adoptive parents I would say adoptive parents have the exact same din of kavod exactly okay they now they didn't biologically create you but especially if they adopted you and took care of you clearly an adoption well you know what let, let me answer your question in a better way you adopt a baby and raise that baby there's no question in my mind. It's not just a dinder abonon. That child that was raised is chayv and kibbutz minatora to his adoptive parents. There is no shaila. Now, here's the question: How about if he would hit his father? Would he be chayv misa? Right, <laughs> right. Let's say he hit his father. He would not. He he wouldn't die based on it. And here I am, you're going to tell me that I'm sort of contradicting myself. However, again, to kill him for for hitting his father and drawing blood or causing a wound to develop, he would have to be the biological child. But he definitely has a mitzvah minatera to honor the person who raised him. Now, let's say the adoption occurs later, that he adopts him after he's eight or nine or ten, and the boy, but he still pays for his school, he still takes care of him. There I think the question is a little more dicey. Um, but then uh, it's based on, on Hakara Satov rather than, like, what is the basis of that? Uh, besides decency and just being normal, you know, yes. like, what's the basis? Is it Hakara Satov or is it... So as I said, I think if you adopt a newborn and the, the newborn discovers that he is adopted, that's not a, uh, a sanction to say, oh, I'm not really chayiv and keep it off to my parents anymore. Um, so that's what I would say. If, okay. however, um, a person gets adopted at a later age and old enough that he could somehow fend for himself, 
and kids like that did fend for themselves. My father, Obishalom, fended for himself. His father died when he was four. And even though his mother was alive, he basically took care of himself. Uh, my, my, my grandmother, Obishalom, who I never met, she died in, um, in the Lodge Ghetto. She was so overwhelmed by my grandfather's death that I, my father was pretty much his own kid by the time he was eight or nine years old and he was uh, you know, doing whatever was necessary. So I think if an eight or nine-year-old uh, now gets adopted, I, I do not feel that it's the same midaraisa um, type of din. Um, I don't know. This is just, you could disagree if you want. Now, obviously, I, I agree with you, Sheila, there is an element of Akara Satov. He definitely owes these people, adopted him, etc. But I don't know if he has the, the, the exact din of Kibbut Av to them uh, in terms of not contradicting them and other things like that. And then uh, if someone's natural biological parents, let's say, had nothing to do with them. Okay, that's a good question. And they would have to still do Kibbut Av. So, Rabbi, there was a, a Rav in Kansas City uh, who dealt with this Shiloh. Um, whether uh, it was an interesting tshuva, which I can do on another time, where there was exactly this case, where uh, an adoptive mother or father, they had given up their child, and then they wanted to come back into the child's life and assume that role. And the question was, does the child now have to listen uh, to that, that biological parent? So, uh, and does the child have, and does the parent have any rights? Uh, it's an interesting question. Uh, it's a little bit outside of the scope here. Let's just end with the following on a positive note. And Evan it says, um, if, you're, if the wife says, Ein ritzoni if a woman says, I can't stand your family, right? So she, 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 she has to honor her father-in-law. But if she says clearly to her husband that, look, uh, I can't stand going to your parents, I can't stand going to your brother and sister. Um, I, I'm not going to live in the same uh, part, uh, the same housing complex, and she justifies it. So the Shulchan Aruch says, Simonai and Dalid, that she has the right, and the husband can't force her. However, the Ramah says Bezdin needs to listen to the case, and they have to see if it's really true, and they have to see that really the in-laws are so um, uh, nosy and so intrusive that they are causing a lack of shalom bias. But the uh, Ramah says... Large? Yes. Uh, what, uh, but it, there's a basic uh, biblical uh, statement that the man will leave his parents and cling to his wife. Would that override everything? And yeah, okay. Know, we con- okay, okay. Dr. Kogan is asking from the Pasuk, V'dovak b'ishto, Obviously, you owe your wife in a primary way. And in many ways, that can be a dikhwi for kibbutz up to a point. Um, here, though, um, 
and you're right. You, you have to you have to respect what your wife wants. On the other hand, you can imagine that the compound they all all the all the Schwartzes live together, right? And they've got this. They all live on the same street and deal wherever it is that they have, right, or whatever. Then some and 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 she doesn't. She never feels part of it. She feels that they're snobby. She feels that they insult her. So, the Shulchan Aruch says she's got a point. The husband cannot. Normally, a wife needs to live whatever the husband wants to live. That's halacha. The only difference might be Eretz Yisrael. But normally, a wife goes after where the husband is living. So now, the question is, is she doesn't want to go there because she doesn't like the husband's family. So the Ramaz says, I'm not so sure if she could just say that. You need a real good, psychologically attuned Bezdin who knows family matters to listen to what she's saying. And if it doesn't look like she it looks like she's just blowing smoke, she can't make this point. Why? Because the rule about where you live is the husband's call. Now, so what do you do then? So what do we do? This is an incredible halacha. You hire a family counselor. You hire someone from the JFS. You, it says you, you, you bring someone there, some sort of man or woman, and you figure out what's really going on. Incredible. Incredible. Um, uh, obviously, um, David Yosef says, "Lo yichas al ishto b'shvilas asnachas ruach lahora." Don't get, don't, don't start a fight with your wife because your parents, your parents don't like her. But let's say your wife is machtsifa b'dibur klapeyorav. Let's say your wife says something chutzpedik to your parents. What you should do is try to quiet her down in a calm way and tell her, look, uh, we have to have their inheritance, even though you're right. However, if you see that there's so many fighting between your wife and your parents, and it's making a shalom bias issue. So you know what? Don't visit, this answers your question, uh, Dr. Kogan. Don't go so often to your, don't go to your parents' house with your wife. But obviously you should go. You have to, this is Sechel, you have to strike the balance. Akadosh Baruch Hu should save us from a lack of shalom, but sometimes the best etza is leaving and and having as limited uh, connection as possible. You know, it's never the situation isn't going to get fixed, but you can't turn it into something where it's Mount Vesuvius. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.